Welcome to another Kingdom Community Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. He just said to me, have fun. Ministry is fun. Amen. Who? Uh, this is uh, about 18 months I was here, was it? In this hall. Something like that, yeah. So who was here last time I was in this place? And this is my good friend, Adrian Bill, who has never been to the conference on the weekend, who hasn't been to the conference on the weekend. Okay, that's okay. Well, we're going to probably do some demonstration and teaching. With We do some teaching a little bit and do a couple of demonstrations, see where the Lord leads. Amen. You're all excited? excited on the inside I get like that sometimes <laughs> especially when it's early in the morning so Adrian so Adam you ready to kick it off I am um, you know so a lot of people you know stepping out and understanding that dreams are part of God's language to us is a little bit alien to us to begin with but we see them all the way through scripture and we realize that um, you know, Joseph and Jacob and Solomon and, you know, onto Joseph, the surrogate father of Jesus. Everyone's had dreams that have guided them through. Am I too loud? Too hot? Okay. And, um, and so all the way through, you see that all the way through the Old Testament. And yet in the book of Acts, chapter 2, it says that God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And the old men are going to dream dreams. I'm not talking about your old man. I'm talking about your, the old men, you know, like the, the mature in the Christ, as it were, and the young men are going to see visions. And uh, would you expect more people today to have dreams because of the outpouring of the Spirit or less dreams? So we should expect more dreams. And yet within us we have this thing, well, it doesn't seem to be a New Testament thing, and yet God's pouring out his Spirit and you'll see throughout the New Testament and the book of Acts and so on that dreams guided people, visions guided people. And it, it, it takes us a while to get our head around the voice of God through dreams and visions because, because God uses parables, metaphor, imagery. It's poetic. And sometimes, like if it's been raining out here, you'd walk outside and you may see a rainbow and you'd just see that arc you know, they're where the rain's been or where, where the sun's shining through. Uh, dreams are a little bit like that, in that when we look at it from Earth, that's what we'd see, we'd see an arc. But if we were in an aeroplane or we were in a mountain and we looked at that same shower, we'd see a complete circle. And the thing is that when you're trying to understand God's voice, it seems a little bit alien to you through the dreams. If we had a, you know, a dollar, you know the adage, if we had a dollar for every time someone said to us, that I had a really weird dream last night, we'd be millionaires because most of us are looking at it from earth and not realizing that we've got to get the mind of Christ to see what God's saying with our dreams and visions so we see the complete picture. And to understand dreams and visions, what we do is we look at it through the lens of Scripture. And just to follow on from Adrian with Acts 2, when uh, God will pour out his spirit in all flesh, old men will dream dreams, young men will see visions. Uh, they, pro they spoke in tongues in the New Covenant era. Um, we, we, we need to uh, really, some of us need to get back to praying in the spirit, praying the Holy Ghost. 
Uh, some churches call themselves Pentecostals, but they're not really Pentecostals. We need to, need to get back to that because praying in spirit, praying in tongues, there's different levels of it, but self-edification brings you in line uh, with Jesus, brings you in line uh, with your destiny. It's a perfect prayer. And as you pray in the spirit, you get to learn the language of heaven. You become intimate with the Lord and you get to understand and it positions you from above. As Adrian's saying, we need to see from above, you are, you are citizens of heaven. It says that in Philippians 4. You're citizens of heaven, and we need to see spiritually rather than see in the flesh. And then we need to we need to cope and and also uh, function in the in the natural. We need to function as citizens of Australia. But the reality is, we're citizens of heaven, and as we operate out of that realm, we can see more. We can see uh, deeper in what God is saying to us. And dreams and visions is a language. It's it's like another language. Jesus spoke in parables. He spoke to the farmer about sowing and reaping. He spoke to the, the fishermen about fishes of making fishes of men. He spoke to the uh, businessmen about using parables with talents. And God will speak to you in your dreams. He'll speak to you in parables that relate to you, maybe in your work environment. Some of you might have a dream of a workplace and the boss that torments you, you probably have a dream of that person, but it's actually not that person. It's actually the spirit operating behind that person. And God's showing you some strategies of how to deal with that. So it is it is in a parable form. And sometimes God can be completely literal in dreams. But he wants you to search out the mystery. The reason why he speaks to you in parables, some people say to me, oh, this is ridiculous, Adam. God should speak to you directly. This is all nonsense. Yeah, but God speaks in parables and in mysteries so that he wants you to be intimate with him. He's, he's a God that he wants to be close to you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And the more you go deep in him, the more he will unlock the mysteries to you. Does that make sense? So he, he loves us so much, but he wants us to share in his holiness and share in his mysteries. And uh, it's like a language. I was in Italy, touring in Italy, and we had this well-known prophet in Italy that I know and he speaks, he had an interpreter, but he speaks um, broken English. But after a while, he said, Adam, my, my English is getting a lot better for two weeks being with you. He sounded a little bit Aussie, though. But <laughs> And he said, my language is getting better. And the, the reality is because he's spending more time with me. And there's the same parable, the same principle when you spend more time with the Lord, the more you understand his language. It's far beyond the language of the natural realm. Amen. So that's an interesting point um, that Adam's making there. And um, so you imagine that if you were going to be missionaries to Cambodia or Indonesia or wherever, you know, France. Imagine if you well, if imagine if you grew up in France and you didn't understand the language. How would you go growing up if you were born into France and you're French and you didn't understand the language? Well, the thing is for us, we've been translated into a kingdom and we have to learn that language. That language is different to, and it's encoded. You know, the Bible says, um, Proverbs 25 verse 2, it's the glory of God to conceal the matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. You know, we are those kings, according to the book of Revelation, we've come into a place of being kings and priests. And so that verse there applies to us. And so what God does is he veils the kingdom to unbelievers or despotic men who would misuse his kingdom. Jesus said to Pilate, my kingdom is not of this world. It's here right now in another dimension 
and it's veiled to unbelievers, but it's, it's encoded to us through metaphor, through simile, through analogies, through, you know, a parable. We tend to think of parables as those things that Jesus taught in Matthew 13, 18, 20, 21, the little stories with a little truth behind it. But parables are enigmas, riddles, puzzles. And God speaks to us every day through those things, but we've become dull. And one of our jobs is to teach the language because it's the language of the kingdom. You've been translated into that kingdom, and as a consequence, you need to understand that language. All right? And so it is metaphoric. It's riddles. It's, so you're driving down the highway, and you see 333 on a number plate. Then you pull in to get a coffee, and the number happens to be 333. Then someone phones you up, and they got 333 in the, in the, in the phone number, and you're going, what is going on here? You know, you've experienced those things. You see 111, 1111, you know, you see 1111. Don't you see those things, don't you? You know, that can be the voice of God speaking to you. And in the majority of those situations, what I would advise is what scriptures can that relate to? Look at a scripture. Because the Bible says when the Holy Spirit teaches, that's 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13, when the Holy Spirit teaches, he does so comparing spiritual things with spiritual so you have to look at whatever God's trying to say to you through the lens of Scripture, through the lens of the voice of the Spirit. And when you put that lens together with what you're seeing, then suddenly God speaks to you. If you did see 333, for example, it could be that God's saying to you, Jeremiah 33.3, call unto me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. You know, and if that's the case, if God was speaking to you through 333, how many of you have woken up with a song that you didn't go to bed listening to? You know, the Bible actually says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I'll answer you. The word in Hebrew there for answer can also be, to, it can be to reply, but it can also be to shout or to sing to you. So if you've got a burden on your heart and then suddenly you wake up with a song, God's actually speaking to you through that song. And sometimes we've got to break out of our religious mindsets and think that God is, is encased in those 66 books he is, and that's the filter and the base through which we see what he's saying, but also understand that God is bigger than that, and God wants to communicate with us, and he's creative. See, um, Adrian and I, I mean, I have a memory bank of the word of God, and I deliberately do that. I listen to it. Adrian reads it, but I'm kind of a different, I'm wired differently, so I listen to the word over and over and over. And the years I was praying in tongues a lot, I was listening to it and getting in my spirit. And it's very important. Um, we've had a lot of critics challenge us uh, regarding the dreams and visions ministry, um, thinking that we're heretics. We had a pastor publicly called me a heretic, but he's with the Lord now. God bless him. Um, but but he but we, I was listening to it over and over and over and over in my spirit, and I got it in my spirit. And what happens is the logos. You need to fill yourself with the logos. Okay. But when God, and you're praying in the Spirit and you're actually allowing the Holy Spirit to take over, he'll breathe life onto the Logos and it becomes a, a revelation. And also revelation is another translation as visions as well. Well, the Logos is the, is the word that you actually read it as just, you read it literally, okay? Rema, revelation, is when God breathes life on it, life on it and it becomes, it illuminates into a revelation that's like being conceived, a woman who's, who's married is conceived, right? And it's like a woman being conceived. So revelation's like conception. Something kicks off inside of you as it's like a light turning on and then it becomes a manifestation of a miracle, 
right? So when you read the Logos, revelation comes out of that. And revelation brings life. It brings, uh, it brings empowerment. It empowers you to go into your destiny. And also can bring healing when you get a revelation. Okay, so Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians 12, when he got caught up into the third realm, talking about being in heavenly places, he says, I go on with visions and revelation. All right, so he was a man of the word. He was a Hebrew and he was a, um, a Pharisee. Uh, he was an experienced Pharisee. He knew, the, he knew uh, the, the actual Torah very well. But what happened is when he had these encounters with God and he was filled with the Holy Spirit, when Ananias prayed for him, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he went on to that place 14 years ago. He knew a man. It says in 2 Corinthians uh, it says in, 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 in 2 Corinthians 12, it says, I knew a man 14 years ago got caught up in a third realm. That was talking, he was talking about himself. He prayed in tongues all those years and he had encounters with God and he went into a place of visions and revelation and that's how about 25 to 30% of the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. So what I'm trying to say here today is you need to get the foundational understanding of the Word of God, the Logos, which is the written Word, get it in you. Some of it you might not understand, but when you're praying in the Spirit and you're actually coming to that place of allowing the Holy Spirit to take over, He'll breathe life onto it. He'll bring layers out of it. It's like... It's like looking at a, a diamond. Revelation is like looking at a diamond. Okay, when the Logos becomes revelation, it's actually like looking at a diamond. And when you see the diamond at different angles, you see so many different colors. Am I making sense? So you could read, how many people experience this when you read the same passage of scripture over and over and over and over? Yeah, I know that, I know that. And all of a sudden, a revelation jumps out. Well, that's the Holy Spirit breathing life on the Logos. And it's through praying in tongues, and that empowers you. It gives you uh, the authority and the posture to step out and walk on water. Amen? So when you were interpreting the Word of God, you know, the written Word of God, which Adam's referring to as the Logos, you do so by understanding the context of what you're reading. So you're looking at maybe... Um, the word shama means understanding. It, it can also mean knowledge. It depends on where it's, what it means in that context or what other words it's surrounded by. It's the same thing when you're in, trying to understand God and he speaks to you through the rhema word or through the living word. Now, just I explained this over the weekend, is that just as the Israelites needed manna uh, for their daily sustenance, we need revelation for our daily sustenance. And God calls us into seeking him for revelation. Um, in context, dreams are always, they're not a formula. Most of us want to fall into the, the trap of thinking that it's easy really for us to have a system. You know, like every time you see a snake, it means this. And yet Jesus in Numbers, uh, is it Numbers 21, is the, the serpent who is on a, bra a brass serpent on a pole and so a snake could be Christ and, and him in healing correct from the book of numbers uh, a snake if I saw a snake in the garden it could mean something totally different it could be a picture of the devil if I saw a snake and I was bitten by a snake in a dream it could be, mean that I've received poisonous words if there's a, a skinny snake in a dream it could be a spirit of poverty that's influencing my life 
um, there's lots of ways, and it really depends on what's going on in the, the environment or in the context of the dream, how you would interpret every element in there. And so for that reason, Adam and I don't receive written dreams. People send us written dreams, but we can't interpret them because there's not enough interactivity to actually ask questions to determine context. And you need context to interpret a dream. See, following on from Adrian, say, for example, a fish. You might have a dream of a fish or depends on the context of what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. But um, fish can mean many things. Generally, you think it's a believer or if you've got a fish symbol on the back of your car, who's got one of those on the back of the car? I don't usually have one because I cut people off. Um, <laughs> but, um, so, but, but a fish is, can be a believer or saying, stating you're a Christian, but also fish can mean revelation. For example, when uh, John 21, when the disciples had this encounter, we can all have an encounter with Jesus. In the, in, in, sorry, in John 20, they had an encounter with Jesus. He breathed on them, received the Holy Spirit. And then the chapter 21, they all went back to work. It's like, yeah, let's go back to fishing. That was a good experience, yeah. And sometimes you can have this encounter and then you just go back to your normal day life. It needs to be not an encounter. It needs to be a way of life. And the disciples went back fishing and they, it was almost like they went back to that timeline where Jesus met them at the very beginning. And he's standing on the shore and then caught nothing. And he said, you caught anything? No. Nah. He said, cast your net on the right side. And they didn't even recognise him. Still don't recognise him. He said on the right side. Yeah, okay, well, we've been fishing all night. Cast your net on the right side. Okay. And all of a sudden, these fish, an enormous catch, and it's, that's the Lord. That's Jesus. So fish can mean revelation. And what happens when there's a big catch, Peter became an Olympic swimmer, and then he ended up running towards Jesus in, on the shore. And what was Jesus doing? What was he cooking? Fish. So fish can mean revelation, communing with God. And God wants to spend time with you and he will reveal revelation. In fact, Peter and the other disciples were restored back to their heavenly position. So fish, so, so all these symbols can have so many different meanings to it, can't it, Adrian? And uh, throughout the gospel, there's dreams and visions when God speaks to us. And some of the visions in Acts chapter 10 and Acts 21 with Paul, we, they went into visions. It was written in red and white, which is encouraging, isn't it? It's Jesus' words. You know, so visions, reading the scriptures, uh, part of everyday life for us as Christians, but it's it's the revelation that that brings or the, the truth behind what the story tells. And so the narrative or the story is just the surface. And you need the spirit of understanding, what's understanding that which is presented to you to see what God's saying. Right, and so the Bible says things like this. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But the word's not just to see something. The word there for vision is actually the revelation behind the vision because that's where the life is. The Bible also says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... Now that word, word, is rhema. It's the revelation that's in the word. All right, And so faith comes not by just continuously reading the scriptures but by when it becomes alive because when you're reading the bible it's actually reading you all right and so as something in there becomes alive and relevant to you suddenly you receive an impartation you go whoa 
that's my situation or God's speaking to me here some, in way, some way, shape and form. Beyond the story, suddenly you, you go, wow, yes, I, I hear that. I see what you're saying. It's the revelation in that story that's important. And so like Ezekiel, he said that he saw a wheel within a wheel. You know, the wheel can be something that's spiritual, has no beginning, no end. And so as you're reading the word, it could be you're in the wheel, but suddenly a wheel, another, you know, a spiritual truth comes out and hits you. It's the wheel within the wheel that strikes you. See, there's a, I don't know, some of you may have heard about this testimony. I, I forgot his name, and I think it's in Tibet. There's this American guy who hasn't eaten for a few years. And you go, how do you survive on that? But he, he lives on revelation, but he takes communion every day. But what he does, he he's such in the he's, he's so much in the glory. Now I'm not saying you have to do this, but the revelation, the illumination that brings revelation empowers your body, brings life. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, Deuteronomy 8. So this man was didn't he didn't die. He just did he had communion. He wasn't eating a whole loaf of bread and a whole bottle of wine a day. He was, <laughs> that's his communion. <laughs> but he was having just proper communion every day. But what he would do, he'd go into the high-ranking Buddhist monks and he would actually minister to them and a lot of them would get born again and saved and come out of uh, the, the, the curse of idolatry. So, uh, so you, you know, revelation brings something supernatural. Amen. So we'd like to interpret some dreams here this morning, um, but for the dreams that we can interpret in a forum like this need to be really, really short. So Adam would say 15 seconds maximum. Uh, I'm a bit more gracious. You know, something that's 20, 25 seconds, you know, is a good thing. So if we're going to show you dream interpretation and teach through it, it needs to be something that's really, really short to show you how God speaks to us through these parables or narratives or stories that we think are really weird. All right? Yeah, so he's a good cop. I'm a bad cop. No. Just... <laughs> now, we, we, we want it to flow. We want to protect the Holy Spirit. Well, you can't protect the Holy Spirit, but protect the anointing, I should say. Uh, the Holy Spirit's here and there's going to be manifestations of that. But we want to flow in this gifting. And please forgive us and don't be offended if we can't do your dream publicly. Uh, there's a reason for that. And uh, also, um, please don't come up with somebody else's dream. We, we, you need, it needs to be your dream uh, so that we can ask questions. Um, also, um, if you feel that it's really scary, and you might be afraid to tell the dream. We're very sensitive. We're not going to throw you under the bus or anything like that. Uh, we, this, we, we're like icebergs, okay? There's a lot of stuff we don't release. We see things, but we only do it to a measure because it's called pauper ethics. And we, you know, we've, signed, we've done this for 10 years. It's not our first rodeo. Um, but let me say this. It's, this is a demonstration. If... If you're constantly going to somebody to get here from God or constantly going to somebody to get your dreams interpreted, then you're in error. God can speak to you directly. This is about you understanding your own dreams, okay? And we're just doing a demonstration. So also, if um, uh, uh, if we release a, a, a word for you and it's quite powerful and it's exciting, please support whoever that is. You might not think much about them. Um, 
usually in church you go, oh, you know, how come he got that word? I know he's got some issues, that person or she. Well, you know, we all got issues. Is anybody here doesn't have any issues? Just anyone doesn't have any issues at all? Oh, there's always one person put their hands up, Adrian. <laughs> and we always ask for impartation. <laughs> so, you know, just celebrate that because God will use whoever he wants to use whether they've got issues or not. Amen? So, um, we haven't taught this over the weekend, but there are three sources of our dreams. So God gives dreams, and we would recognize that over reading scripture. Well, God gives dreams, you know, so we go, we don't have to really qualify that. But um, the devil can influence your dreams as well. You know that Jesus, one of the tests for Jesus was he was taken into the wilderness. One of the tests was that he, the devil showed him all the kingdoms of the world. You cannot go to a high mountain, you know, it was Mount Zion, but you couldn't go to Mount Everest and see all the kingdoms of the earth. Not only are they physically separated geographically, but they are in different dispensations of time as well. And so from that we know the devil has a capacity in that area. So he can influence our dreams. Also need to realise that our own hearts can flavour the dreams we dream. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 14, if a man comes to the prophet seeking guidance, but he's got an idol in his heart, then I, the Lord, will answer him according to the idol. So it's really important that when you're seeking guidance from God that you put yourself into neutral. What is an idol? So there's my idol, and I'm going, God, God's here, and I'm going, God, that's what you want me to have. That's what you want me to have. That's, and I'm consumed by this microphone. I'm consumed by this idol. God will answer me according to the idol. So that I'll recognise the error of my ways and go, oh God, I had an idol, I need to turn back to you. All right. And so it's important that we understand when you're interpreting dreams, you know, the source can be discerned, but God can interpret every dream. Who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested by the devil? Holy Spirit did. So who was in control? Holy Spirit was in control. And so understand that God can can speak out of every dream. And if you understand and discern what the source of that dream is, suddenly you're hearing the voice of God and understanding what God wants to do in that situation. If there's a negative in a dream, like a darkness in a dream, we need to understand that we're seated in heavenly places and the authority that we carry. It's not a done deal or a fate, a complete, if we see a negative in a dream. Because we're seated in heavenly places, we have the authority to reverse curses. We have the authority to change things in the spirit. And so if we see death, we speak life. If we see marriage break up, we speak unity. And we start to speak in the things that God wants, the best for God and the best for that person. We start to speak from the Father's heart into that situation and we see things change. So there are three levels that we teach. But let me say this. You, can, you, you don't know what you're going to dream about tonight in, in, in context, but... You can have different types of dreams by the way you meditate. Okay, so a lot of you meditate without knowing. You sit, some of us can sit in front of the, you know, Netflix or like that, and and you can build your imagination with stuff like violence and horror, and some people do that. So what that does is open up doors in the spirit realm where you get attacked in the night in the, with your dreams. You can have horrible dreams by what you meditate on because you're, you're actually, your mind paths are giving permission to spirits that are outside the counsel of God. And it's true. 
you still say the grace of God's over your life, but you, you don't want to be tormented. You don't want your destiny shut down. So the more you, it says, if you meditate on my word day and night, you're like a tree planted next to a stream, which is Psalms chapter 1. The more you engage with the word of God, meditate on his word, come into his promises, and you, you spend time with him, you're going to have more godly dreams and encounters. Amen? So I think we should uh, uh, kick it off and do a couple of dream interpretations. What time have we got until today? About an hour, okay. So we'll do about two. Usually about, we do about three dreams in an hour. It depends how long. When I say that, because there's ministry, not the long length of the dream. There's a lot of ministry and there can be stuff that can, we can see more into the dream. So if we can just have that sound on for a minute, we're just going to just acknowledge the Holy Spirit. The worship was really good this morning. It was great. Thank you so much. You've got a great voice too. It's wonderful to hear, hear it this morning. So just for a moment, we want to acknowledge the Holy Spirit because without sight of that, we can't, we don't want to minister outside of that gate because if we're not within the gate, there's a highway out there in the spirit realm where we don't want to do anything that's mixture or anything like that. So let's just acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Just pray in tongues. I believe some of you are tongue-believing, Pentecostal speaking warriors. Thanks for listening. This has been another Kingdom Community Church podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, go to www.kingdomcc.com.au. 